film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Because Indie Film Sucks. Indie Film Sucks. Number 18, maybe. Indie Film Sucks Podcast. <laughs> yeah, what about that intro, Tommy? Yeah, Man, he killed it. Yeah. That's off to him again about that. No, that's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. It is so Mackie. Yeah. What's your suck? I suck. My suck is that it's hard to come up with a suck every single... <laughs> that was going to be my suck. Time. Well, you asked me first. Yeah, there is a benefit to <laughs> going first. Son of a bitch. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, it is. It's hard to... It's hard to... Because it's not all bad. Every, everything about it is bad because I, I look at most of where it's going is going to be pretty good. Podcast is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what doesn't suck. Podcast. Podcast does not suck. No. You know what's not going to suck? Red Knight's not going to suck. True. Everything that goes into it... The process sucks. It's tough, exactly. But I won't get into the process, <laughs> but... No, it's hard to come up with a suck every every week in the basement on Broadway. It's hard, so I'll, I'll bail out on this one and just say... Okay. Finding a suck is my suck. <laughs> oh, so you're looking at me. <laughs> oh. Okay, you've oh, been please. running this, Brock. You took Go over ahead. ever since you got off. <laughs> ever since you got back. Got uh, back from assignment. Uh, you got back from assignment. I had so much shit to do and think about. You know, I just that's all I think about is suck. I'm kidding. You know, um, sometimes I come here, I don't have a suck either. This is probably one of those times again because <laughs> uh, it, there's there's sucks in life in general. But you know, I I, I want to keep it light. But uh, one thing that uh, is sucking lately is I, I I work a lot of hours. I put a lot of time in in my other businesses and on top of this and. And one of the things that uh, I've been doing is I uh, I bought a building in my hometown and restored the whole thing, gutted it and everything, and had to use a bunch of different people for different things because I didn't have time to do it all myself. And I <clears throat> am also not licensed to do you know electrical work in commercial buildings or anything like that. But I did I had to contract to get a contractor to frame and do some other things. And um, well, not all contractors are <laughs> are. Uh, the best kind of contractors. So uh, my suck is uh, having to work with people who you think you can trust and uh, give them money, and they don't come through, even if it's contractually uh, written down. So that's kind of my suck. I'm not going to go any deeper than that on the suck. But, you know, just working shit out and having to hire people. And, and uh, most of them did pretty good, but one of them was really horrible and uh, eh, was not a good experience. So that's my suck for uh, this week is just everyday general life bullshit. I got two things out of that, Brock. One, we got a free location. Got a <laughs> got a building. Yeah. That's one. Not gonna lie, I didn't think that. Yeah, is that first thing I thought of? <laughs> Second thing I thought of, that's true of who you hire for talent and crew yeah. on a film, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you might go by the reputation, you might go by what you saw, you mm-hmm. might go by people's word of mouth. Doesn't mean that's necessarily what you're getting. Right. No, and we've experienced that uh, before. Just to turn it to independent film on kind of my experience with that. So mm-hmm. thanks for bringing that up, Brian. You're welcome. That's I mean, it's not a film suck, but it definitely is a suck in life. So I guess you guys are looking at me. What's sure, my suck? Sure turned out. Uh, editing this damn podcast <laughs> <laughs> every week because for whatever you reason, talk over you? whatever reason, 
we decided to put this out uh, once a week, which means, man, this train never stops, baby. It never stops. It never slows down. And I just have to keep pushing these out the door. So, never stop. We're adding a car. Yeah. <laughs> never stops. We're adding a car. We're taking off the engine, though. So that's my suck is like, yeah, it, which I guess ties into promotion. Like, it never stops. It never, ever, ever, ever stops. You just have to keep grinding. I'm not saying the podcast is a grind. Shooting the podcast is a hell of a lot of fun, man. It really yeah. is. Woo! Do the train. Woo! Woo! Yeah. As long as we got to use some whiskey, bourbon, or beer, we're good. Yeah. yeah. But, man, keeping up with this and putting it out every week, that's uh, uh, it's kind of a suck. Uh, well, you keep it from sucking, Greg. Oh, thank you. Yes, if that's what you're looking Boy, for. You, you, should, you should hear them before I cut them up. <laughs> Unlistenable. Last week, what were we talking about? Uh, uh, script, scripts? Scripts. Script writing. We talked about uh, script writing, some tips for independent filmmakers. Uh, Greg went through some stuff on what he talked about. What's So what's the next step after that? Well, I was thinking, so after the script, you know, we you get, generally speaking, we'll do a script breakdown about what Chris was talking about last week about locations, how much are they really going to cost? How much is this talent really going to cost? I mean, all that kind of thing. So we look at a script and we'll, you know, you break it down on paper. Yeah. Okay. And then you kind of figure out, okay, shit. I was thinking we had an X for a budget and this is looking like, man, we need, we need Z. <laughs> so is that where you get into days? Is that where you start looking at things like that on a script breakdown? Cause I've only done it once. For Red Knight? Yeah. And actually looked at it and said, this is what it is. And then I knew my tasks after we had it broken down. We, we had a list of things we had to do. Well, at a basic level, first thing I do is I see, okay, how many scenes do we have? And when you when you write a screenplay, you can number the scenes. So you'll know you have, we got 140 scenes. Okay, great. How many of those scenes can we shoot in a day? And how can we group these scenes together? Meaning, okay, let's say we have 25 scenes with our name actor, right? And they take place in three locations. So we have to think, okay, we're, we're going to group our name actor. We're going to group those days together. Sure. We have 25 scenes. We have one at the gas station, one at the apartment, and one at the church. And we do that so we don't have to fly the actor in and out of wherever the hell they're coming from. No, that's definitely thought through. Right. Like, that's um, intentional. Yeah. So, so you have to think, okay... How many scenes we have? 17 scenes at the church, one's a shootout. Like, wow, okay, that shootout, and it's a big shootout. It might only be a couple lines on paper, but a lot of things happen in it, so you've got to figure out it's going to take us two days. Maybe if the budget is super tight and time is super tight, we can fit we can fit it into one day, but, man, it would be better to have two days. Mm-hmm. So we're going to budget it. We're going to time budget it. We're going to break it down to have two days for that. Our name actors in 17 scenes. So we're figuring four days with the name actor to shoot those scenes and not have to overwork ourselves to make it happen. Hopefully when you're writing the damn thing, you're cognizant of the locations and where you're going to have to go to get from point A to point B, right? Because if you have to do a company move within a day, Hmm. right? Let's say you're shooting at the gas station and that's in this small town in the middle of nowhere. And then the next scene in the church is that this church you happen to get in the big city, which is 70 miles away. So you're going to lose pretty much a big chunk of the day right. driving up to the church if you start at the gas station. 
if that makes sense, right? right? So it's like, okay, so this church scenes, it, they take place in day and night. So we're going to shoot the gas station scenes at the beginning of the day. We're going to do a company move to the church. We'll get there by evening. So we're going to shoot all the night church scenes for whatever time that takes. And you want to avoid that if you can. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> if you had that down on the production days, people would look at that and go, how are you going to pull this off? Yeah. Your first AD, a lot of people would just be coming to you and going, what were you thinking? Yeah, because a company move is a terrible thing on a set, right? Because that's when everybody packs up one location and goes to another location. And all of that is just wasted time. What you want to be is you're set up in one location and you're just there for the entire time you're shooting that. And then, you know, another day you move to another location. You really don't want to do a company move same day because it's, it's just such a time suck. And since we're doing a script breakdown right now just for the money end of it, I won't go into the actual making of the film. What else do you think is pretty important? I know, uh, like, do you go, shit, I need 20 extras. If I use 10, will it work? Will it still look right and save me X amount of dollars for food and, and all this other stuff? How do you how do you look into that? It, it really depends on how much money you have, right? Okay. So the breakdown... What that does, first and foremost, like I said, is it lays out the number of scenes you have, and you can translate that into the number of days you need to shoot those scenes. And then you group those days together where they make the most sense. Now, if you're incredibly wise and you can pull it off, you have everything take place in one location. That's a, that's a great indie trick because then you don't have to move. You can leave everything set up. You don't have to break down equipment. You don't have to move anything. You shoot quicker. You shoot a lot quicker. You you pre-light, and then the lights are set, and that's it. But unless you're shooting on a soundstage, most independent productions aren't done that way. You know, you're shooting in someone's house or some location you have for a limited time. So as far as considerations, you wrote it for 20 extras. Can you get away with 10? I mean, that's going to depend on what the cinematographer thinks. If you're the cinematographer, it's going to depend on what you think. Can you fake that so it looks legitimate? So you start broad. Obviously, you're thinking about the main talent, the named actor first, because yeah. that, that's your money. Yeah. That's that's a lot of your money. So you start broad, and you say, now you got your days. Yeah. Now you've grouped them. Yeah. And now you're getting more detailed. Yes. Yeah, like, okay. we know. I think you were going, Brock. Is... Yeah, like, okay, now we know we, this is how many people we need for this scene. This is how much crew we need for this scene or the day. Okay, now we know this is how much money we're going to spend on food for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, or however many times you have to feed everybody. So that that's kind of what I've noticed working on these independent films, is you really got to know, almost to the dollar, how much you're spending every single day on just food and craft services. And I think that's pretty important, too. And, and I know we've had to... We, we have, we've never really cut back from 20 to 10 extras because... We couldn't afford it. The 20 extras didn't show up that damn day. Yeah, no, we got extra money because of that. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, but that's a great point, Brock, because my one experience with it, I remember once we had it broken down into when are we going to shoot Bill? When are we going to do this? Everything you just said. And we started filling in going, okay, we need these locations for this. Is there any cost associated with that? Yeah. And then we had each day for how much dollars each day. Mm -hmm. And then we added it up. And it, that was fun because all of a sudden it was like, okay, we're within budget. Yeah. Or we're not within budget. And I think that's when you start going back and saying, what can we or what we need to cut stuff out because we don't have the money these days. Either A, we have to go raise more money. Or you figure out where you can cut some fat. Like, right. well, do we need an effects guy for this day? Eh, maybe not. So let's let's chop that out of the effects budget, move that over here. Right. Do we need wardrobe on set that day or can it be pre-planned? 
Yeah. Or whatever it is. Um, I thought that was the most exciting part about breaking down the script is actually looking at and going, each day is going to cost this. Now, how do we save money? Now, how do we how do we make it work? How do we make it stretch? Yeah, I think people understand the money part of it now. So the other parts of breaking down a script, okay, each scene, shit. We got props for this. Yeah. Now we got to break down the props. We got to break down the wardrobe. What's what's the character? If there's a car in the scene, and that's another consideration with continuity with the scenes mm-hmm. you're shooting, right? Because let's say. You know, your church scene takes place the same day as your gas station scene, but you can't shoot them anywhere near each other because the gas station is in some small town in the middle of nowhere and the church is up in the big city or 70 miles away. You have to plan for that because movies obviously are not shot in order. And that's how continuity in film gets so screwed up Mm -hmm. because you shoot all your gas station scenes at the beginning of the shoot. That's your first five days in, you know, Podunk County, wherever. And then... Eight days later, you're shooting the church scenes, which chronologically in the story took place the exact same day a couple hours later. But now you're many days later down the road, so it's really easy to screw that stuff up. And that's why you have uh, different people on set to keep track of that, hopefully. Yeah, that's what the script (laughs) Script supervisor's job is, is to make sure the continuity is correct. It's like, hey, Ron was wearing a cowboy hat in the gas station. He, He needs to have the cowboy hat in the church. Now we're, we we got you know the days broken down. We got the the money spent for that day, and uh, you know locations and the continuity you're talking about. It's very important. What do you do when you're talking to your DP? Because that's a huge part is breaking down a script with your DP. Well, and going through the shot list. You have you have the the days all broken down. You know when you're going to shoot it. You know where you're going to shoot it. Now you got to figure out how you're going to shoot it. And that's a fucking mind game right there. It is. Let's just assume it's a perfect world and you have control of all the locations and those locations are all locked down. So before you ever set foot on set, what you should do with the DP is you do a walkthrough and you figure out, hey, let's do a crane shot at this location. Let's do some dolly shots at this location. Let's do all this one one shot, one take, one whatever on a steady cam. You have to design all of your shots before you get to set. You don't show up, you know, day of and start shooting, right? All that is pre-planned out. But sometimes you and your DP can't get to the location before you shoot. So you walk in there. Ideally, you have some kind of shot list already prepared and broken down for coverage. Okay, what, what is the basic amount we can do to cover this scene? We've got a wide shot to establish it. We've got two singles or maybe two over-the-shoulder shots for the conversation. But we have enough to cover our ass that if when this gets put together further on down the line, it's going to make sense. So uh, there's somebody said something. Every page is how many minutes on a film? On a, Roughly a minute. Roughly a minute. Okay, so that's a good rule of thumb for rule people, of thumb for sure for people. Yeah. yeah. So think about that when you're shooting your film and coverage and everything yeah. else. Just because there's words on the film doesn't mean there's not a big panning shot to open up the scene or right. And that's all stuff you have to think about before you get to that scene. Yeah, and and that when you when you're writing the script, I at least me and you can usually tell a a amateur script when they have lots of camera angles and lots of screen direction in the screenplay, ah. right? That's not the screenwriter's job to write that stuff. Ideally, the screenwriter is a separate person. The director is a separate person. The cinematographer is a separate person. Now, they can all be the same person in reality. In the film, film they often are. Mm. So after you have, like, your days broken down, you have your scenes broken down, that's when, at least for me, 
you start putting together your shot list. When do you bring in production design? When do you bring in these folks now that you know what days you're shooting on, scripts broken down? When do you start bringing in costume? Ideally, as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, you can start the costume. The costume process, the wardrobe process, can start way before you begin production. After you cast. Yeah. So, as far as when you're breaking down the script, though, are they already involved? Or do they come in after, once you get the script broken down, then you start letting them in? Or do you break it down and say, hey, start working on this because I know this is right? On a low-budget indie? As soon as possible. As soon as possible. Unless you have access to like a theater department or something like that, you're not going to have access to a huge amount of wardrobe. Then you have to think, you know, some props have to be built. And it takes time to do that. So, Chris said... As early as possible, the better. So hopefully you got somebody who could do that on your film for you. No, that's true. I didn't think about that because once the script is started, you know whether it's a period piece. Yeah. You know it's this, cops and robbers, whore, right? You know, hey, we need to start looking for this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. So a lot of this stuff can, in independent film is happening together. Yeah. While key people are breaking down the script, we're already hopefully have some of these key people on our cast and crew oh yeah you have your crew hopefully most already, of them set already at least right either under contract or mm. working on so they're working on certain things already yeah okay ideally ideally yeah <laughs> <laughs> till the 11th hour they say hey can't do this anymore <laughs> which i've had that happen i've had people bail out uh i've mentioned before one of the toughest things in our region anyway are production designers it's We've had some really great production designers in our films, but there's not a lot of people going into that art or field around here. So that's, I've had people bail out of that. You know, we've had people lined up and, oh yeah, I can do what I live, that's what I live for. And then, you know, they just disappear and flake, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And and usually for our productions and for, I'd say a lot of indie productions, production design, well, you you want to find locations that are already pre-designed, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You don't have to do one. You just show up and shoot. That's that's perfect. That's ideal. That's also doesn't happen a lot of the time. Um, and I, so some of our guests were talking about days, and you mentioned breaking it down into days, right? Script breakdown, and they were saying, "Oh, I shot this in fifteen days," and we're always like, "Oh, fifteen days." That's yeah. So, so what? Like ninety pages, right? That's how you long you say generally your scripts are. Yeah. 90 what what would i know each movie's going to be different depending on how many shootouts you have car crashes tough scenes how many days would you think a 90 page script would need on average hmm. that's hard to say it's hard to say i think not 12 not 15 <laughs> no <laughs> i think everyone would be comfortable with like 25 to 30 days okay a lot of productions don't have that. Don't get that. There's don't just get no that option. budget. There's no there's no money for it. That's why I said that because mm-hmm. I think it's important for independent filmmakers to say this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is what I have to do. So your thirty day, if you were breaking this down like a free budget and you had a ton of money, you're looking at twenty five to thirty days and yeah. you're planning it according to that. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you you are going to have to look at twelve or fifteen days and make it work. It's a whole different script breakdown. Based off a budget, based off an independent film, based off of what you have. So I think there's two ways to look at it Yeah. in that sense. Because we're usually on the 15, 18-day side, maybe less. Or three years. Or, yeah, <laughs> or three it, years. it depends. I mean, Red Night at Skies should have had a 30-day shoot. We oh, did yeah. it in 16. Rhineland was 42 days over the course of 
three winters. Sound of Nothing was 32 days, I think. Amphetamine, the first feature, was 22, 24 days. And then the two mockumentaries were both like eight, nine days apiece. And the reason we were able to shoot Red Knight in such a short period of time is because of the experience of those other films and knowing how to break down the budget, I think, but the script, break down the script to know, okay, we, we really know we can only shoot this many scenes in this day at this location. I mean, we were ambitious in 16 days for sure. Oh, we were. <laughs> yeah. But if we're honest about it, Rhineland was shot... You didn't expect to do four. You didn't. You didn't break down a script for forty-two days. No. So let's. That's what I want to be honest about. How thirty-two days came about, or four. Red Knight was an honest sixteen days because that's when we had Bill. That's when we had Stanzi. We knew exactly why we were breaking that down in the sixteen yeah. days, and that was the time shoot, right? Two five-day blocks with some weekends. Rhineland was not that. No. Rhineland was how many days did you originally plan for that uh, in a script breakdown? I don't remember. Right. 20-something, maybe. Yeah. I just think it's important to understand you may not go into it breaking down it this way, but it ends up being a three-year project or it's a certain thing. So I just, it's different. In essence, you want to shoot straight through. You do. Well, let me ask you guys this, because you were both uh, actors. I mean, you were kind of involved in the production side, but really you were an actor on Rhineland. Right. What did you guys think when you got those emails saying, hey... We need to go back and, and shoot more because that's how I contact everybody. Well, for me, I, I had a totally different experience than most of the actors because uh, I was the associate producer because we shot a lot of it on my property that I live on. So I thought it was cool as hell, and I I, I loved the, I, I loved being in that movie. I loved making it, but I didn't have the stress you did. I yeah. I just basically had to make sure, you know, we had places for people to be to set up for shooting the movie. Uh, obviously, I had to make sure we had the foxholes dug and the trenches made. I know that. I mean, so I did more than just find location. I really yeah. had hands on. But uh, for me, it was really cool because it's a World War II film, and you know, something about being a soldier it really it. it, it I feel a lot for that because I, I couldn't get in the military. They wouldn't let me in. I was too big of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I have really bad asthma, and they wouldn't let me in anyway. But uh, this is a special place in my heart uh, for soldiers and mili- in, in military cops. You know, just it's a hard-ass job. And so the role itself is what I liked about it. So when I got those emails, to go back to your question, was I was ready to go, and I was ready to just I wanted to make this movie as best as it could be. And it didn't matter to me how long it took. And, uh, you know, we weren't getting paid. No. Everybody was just there. I mean, as long as we had food and uh, a camera was there, we were going to make a goddamn movie. I didn't know enough about the process. So I had no idea that you planned it for this or that. I just know you didn't have what you wanted or we still wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. And I think over those three years, I got to know you a lot better. So I heard more about what the process was. But mine was just from commitment. I said I was going to be in it. And if it wasn't done, I, I was—I guess I'd still be in if we were shooting season forty-two right now. I mean, <laughs> I mean honestly, because I did—I did not know the process. I felt more stress and strain on Red Knight, knowing what we had budget-wise oh, yeah. yeah. and understanding the days. And if we didn't get something, that we couldn't get some of these people back. Yeah. So you having to send these emails out now it makes me kind of sick to my stomach and understand how you pulled all that together. But me getting an email saying you got to come out, I'm just like, well, here's my schedule. 
you well, know, and you're like, well, if this many people can come out, this is what we're shooting. But yeah. things were way different back then. Yeah, that was the early 2000s, independent yep. filmmaking. Yeah. You really, all you needed to do was get it in front of somebody, and your life could change. It's not quite like that now. No, no. you have to, but just from a standpoint of, holy cow, just how important a day is, and you couldn't do what you did with Rhineland on Red Knight or no. some of your other films. No. So now I feel for you. I feel for us. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back and knowing what I know now and looking back, I was like, holy crap. How how did you get that many people to come back? That's a question that I is, can't that's easily nuts. answer. Well, somebody could have easily moved out of town. I mean, somebody wasn't going to come back from Michigan oh, I to know. help you shoot your movie. It just didn't happen. It was just it was a lot of fate in that movie. A it's lot just... of a lot of lucky breaks had to happen. Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, over the course of three years, someone could have died. You know, and, and, that, and that's a we're terrible, the... tragic thing. But that also means, wow, there's a huge gaping hole in the film, which won't make any sense now. Or, you know, or someone could have just said, I don't want to do this anymore, and right. not came back. And I'm but, sure there are films that fall apart because of those very things. As tragic as it is, you know, someone's working on an independent film, and the lead actor dies. And it's like, what do you do? Every This thing you've done, either you can't finish it, you have to scrap it, or you have to make it into something else. I'm sure there are people who have struggled with that. And it's a terrible thing. And obviously someone's life is worth more than any film. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, 35 other people worked on this thing. Someone passed away. Now all that work is meaningless. I mean, that's, you know, wow, that's a huge bummer. You know, how do you cope with that? Or or just a simple fact, maybe not something that tragic, but someone says, yeah, I don't want to come back. And they just bail out on a project. And that screws everybody else. Yeah, I actually had... Um... Somebody asked me that on a film once I was working on, and uh, I won't. Somebody in the cast or crew said, "No, why are you putting up with this? Why, why, why don't you just be done with it?" I said, "Well, well, I signed on to do it for one, and if I go, the whole movie's fucked and everybody's fucked, because I was in a lot of scenes in this particular movie, and uh, you know some days weren't going so great." But you stick it on through it because you know it's, it's not just about yourself. It's about everybody around you. It's about the cast, the crew, and the expectations that everybody uh, has for each other. And you don't want to screw that up for somebody else. But it goes back to you bit off more than you could chew for this yeah. particular project. Yours was dedication, Brock, and understanding the bigger picture behind what your commitment meant mm-hmm. to everything else. And going back to what you were saying about um, the planning phase. You didn't plan it that way. No. You would have never planned it that way. And I think that's what, if anybody could take anything from this, is when you're writing the script, you have a plan in mind the whole time, understanding where your world is. You're not writing a Marvel movie where you're just writing whatever you want, and they're adding crap, and they're adding money, and they're adding all this stuff as you go to make the film better, because that's pretty much blank check. It is. So you're thinking about all that all the time, and when you get to script breakdown, you're thinking more consciously about that and saying, this is what it actually looks like, I have to get it in here because I've had those bad experiences or those trying experiences. You try to make it as easy and comfortable on everybody. doesn't mean we're going back and doing reshoots and that, that all happens later. But. It does. So who all, to, to wrap it up, so who all is involved in a script breakdown? Obviously producers, uh, director. What about the first AD? Generally, no. Uh, at least in my case, it's the director, cinematographer usually, and the, the key producers on the film. Okay. Not the money people, not the executive producers, but the people who are going to be working on the day to day of the film. That's that's who is, that's who I bring in for for the breakdown. 
because they're the people who, like, you know, Chris and yourself, you're the guys, even if you're acting the film, you're going to be the production team that's making everything happen. So you have to know before we start rolling what we have to do, when we have to do it, and how much it's going to cost for us to do it. That's key. And having more people, key people, they're going to think of things that you might not have thought yeah. of because you're thinking of it from a director. Yeah. The cinematographer's thinking it from his line of right? Act, and you might have an acting perspective on it, Brock, or I might have an acting perspective on it, but thinking of things going, really, logistically, you think we can pull that off? Yeah. Oh, let me rethink it. If, if more people are saying it, you might just go, well, that is going to be tough. Yeah. Because you're ambitious, buddy. You, you squeeze a lot out of the turn up a lot of times. I try. <laughs> you have to on independent films. No, I get that. Yeah, 100%. You do, you do. What else do we have to do on independent films? Well, usually in independent films, what we have to do is we have to talk about the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens. True independent filmmaking. The Indie Film Sucks podcast brought to you by 88mm Productions. Uh, don't go to any of our social shit. Don't check out anything. Don't like, don't subscribe. Don't, don't do anything. <laughs> See you later. All right. Indie film sucks. Indie film sucks. It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Yeah.